Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coleman Had a Dream podcast. A mildly, well, not mildly, just a downbeat <laughs> Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Uh, I am joined as ever by Ruth. How are you, Ruth? <laughs> better mornings. <laughs> uh, when I rang Ruth a minute ago, uh, she answered the phone and uh, I said, how are you? And she laughed. Uh, and my initial response was, fucking hell, what a mental game of football. Uh, and I think that uh, that appropriately sums up the evening. Um, we had a plan uh, to talk through the Bosnia game and this game uh, and the draw. I think talking through the, the Bosnia game might be, might be ever so slightly futile. Um, but we need some kind of positive reflection at some point, I suppose, Ruth. Um, let's let's start on the most on the most basic question. How are you feeling right now? Uh, well, it's heartbreaking. You've you've only got to look at the reaction of the of the girls at the final whistle. You know, you've got to feel for them. Um, I, I messaged you part. I don't know. I think it was maybe in half time that um, I have to keep reminding myself that. I've wanted games that made me this nervous for years and years and years. I've waited to have these nerves. And so, you know, I'm just trying to embrace that and remind myself that this is, you know, it's a positive place to be. It just doesn't feel like that right at the minute. It feels like, the you know, rug's being pulled out from under us. And and I just, you know, oh, oh, I feel for them. It was, yeah, it was... It was a game, wasn't it? It was a game. It really was. And I think, you know, there, there's time to reflect at some point on all the positives, obviously, the, the, the swelling yeah. crowd numbers and, you know, younger players coming through and old guards still, you know, all of those things are there. Uh, and I think they're important. But I also think it's hard to say this, but, but there's only so many times you can kind of be unlucky with these things. And it's happened three times now, I think, that we've got to the final knock-ins and it's not quite happened for us. And, and it's just so hard to cross that line, isn't it? And these these people have done so much for for women's football in Wales, and it's it's just a heartbreaker. Losing in extra time is one thing; a last kick of the match is another thing. Yeah. And especially when you consider the drama um, that that took place as the game went out. Let's let's try and talk about the match a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Gwenon Harris was saying on 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 commentary that set pieces were the Swiss's weak point defensively and I, and I think we exploited that I think there were a couple of good crosses into the box which kind of caused a bit of drama and of course when that corner comes across kind of bundled about a bit and, and brilliantly turned home great patience I thought actually uh, by Rihanna Roberts let the ball drop to the right point and, and kind of rumble that into the to the bottom corner it was a, it was a great <coughs> moment wasn't it and, and an unbelievably good start yeah no I, I think it's about as good a you know 20 minute point in the game as you could have asked for really I agree with you I, I like the way she just I mean it was a messy sort of volley I suppose that she put in but I like the way she let the ball somewhat settle before she even tried to to try and touch it in it would be very easy to make a mess of that um I agree with what you were saying in terms of their susceptibility on on set pieces for corners and crosses but I don't I feel like we under exploited that I felt there were lots of times where we had, you know, free kicks from the, I don't know, sort of halfway between the centre the center line and the, and the box. You know, nice, nice in-swingers from Woodham towards the end, for example. And yet so few people going up to attack the ball when it got in, into the box. And I, I, I think we'd kind of highlighted a susceptibility, but then it didn't really kind of 
bite on it and push it and really trying to leverage it as an issue for them. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think it's difficult, isn't it? And and I think it's easy to say these things in hindsight, but also you're so close, you don't want to get yeah. done. You don't want to get done on the break, which is ironic. I mean, I appreciate it wasn't the break, but um, I, I think the frustration for me, um, and I and I said this to one of my mates as the game was going on, is that when you score so early in such a big game and you're the underdog and you've got something to hold on to and all of these different things. I, I, I feel like the mentality and the mindset must be so difficult to then forget that you've scored and keep pressing and, and keep going. And the problem is when you start sitting deep and you've, you, you change gear in that sense, I think it's so hard to change that gear again in, in, in an attacking or forward sense. And I think that yeah. was the thing that I found most difficult to watch, but I'd also imagine was the most difficult thing to change in the game, especially once you've scored that goal um, and you've kind of done something in a positive way and you've done the thing, you know, you've, you've done the thing you came to do uh, in a sense, yeah. um, which was yeah. which was frustrating. But, oh, there you go. The lads love that one. Um, I think what's hard is obviously at two points in the game and we'll concentrate on the important one first but uh, we, we conceded that first goal a, a, a de- defensive lapse really I would say Carrie Jones not really tracking her runner and, and getting done then with the ball back inside and don't get me wrong great finish by Backman but that was a disappointing goal to concede and especially so late in the in the first half as well yeah I mean I, I think there's a frustration from both of their goals from a timing point of view, isn't there? That we we were so close to going into halftime with a really important lead. We were obviously so close to taking it to penalties. I think there's a um, a kind of I don't want to say weakness because that's over strong, but I think having been caught out once at the end of the first half. I think the space that ultimately they have for the second goal is is a concern. Um, you know, they're, they're a strong enough team that A laps is enough and, and the width that they had on the left-hand side for the second goal is, you know, it's, it's, it's too much. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the timings, I mean, the timings just add to the, the heartbreak, don't they? They just add to the, the woe of it. And, and I think the frustration as well, because so close on two different occasions to getting what we needed from that moment in the game, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just so tough. I, as I say, I, I don't mind the finish. I can live with the finish. It's a very good goal. But the, the build up and everything around that is, is just not good enough. And, yeah. And I, you know, and, and this is why I think I'm, I appreciate I'm the I'm the grumpy one here. But I do feel <laughs> like unlucky. I don't know. I'm not sure we are unlucky, to be honest. I, th- I think the better team won. I think it was heartbreaking. I think the, the manner of it is a shame. But I, I, I think, you know, we've also, let's look back at the the, the, the love-in with VAR all of a sudden as well. Um, I, obviously, the first one, I, I'm, I, I'm interested to know before you talk about it, what, what you thought about the pen. Because at first glance, I thought, oh, God. And then it was the play was stopped for VAR. And I was just like, it's definitely going to be a pen. On second viewing, I feel like she's so close to the ball there. I just don't know where else she can go, where where Rachel Rowe can go with her arms there. I, whether they're in a natural position, I don't know. I didn't. I I wasn't sure in the end, and it made me think. I wasn't sure if it was a high enough bar, if you like, for VAR to end up actually overturning it. What What did you think? Um, I suppose that's what I would like 
you think would happen looking at that? Because I'm with you. I don't think a player really has, you know, much control of where their arms are going at that point when they're trying to, you know, challenge for the ball and rise for a header. But the bar seems to be that if your arms are up in any way, that's judged as unnatural. And hence, from that point of view, I, I see why it was given as a penalty because I think there's... There's a sort of norming now that if you if you have a raised a raised arm in any form, um, then it then it leads to a penalty, and I, I think that's unrealistic. But I think that's where we are. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just a, such a shame. Um, but I, I mean, ultimately, we we got our stroke of luck there. Um, the post was struck. I think we got more, more than a stroke yeah, of luck with that true. one. Actually, I think um, it's it's an interesting. Uh, um, it's an interesting interpretation of two touches, isn't it? Yeah, I, apparently uh, my our Twitter, sorry, was full of people saying, "I can't believe you didn't know that rule." Um, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that rule. I thought once the ball has hit the, I thought once the ball has hit something else from a penalty, the ball is just mm-hmm. back in play. Um, and I didn't. I've, I've I've never seen that before. I feel like I must have seen someone hit the post and then score from their own rebound before, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, very lucky um, that the that that was caught by VAR, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I did think to myself then this is going to be our wake up call to try and be a bit more offensive and a bit more kind of forward minded. Yeah. Uh, it didn't happen. The, the second one, I, I think the first one is just a correct interpretation of rule. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. I think the, the second one is it's the correct decision. She's obviously offside, but I don't think there was one person in the stadium or on the pitch or at home who thought, I think that first phase of play is offside. I do think that, yeah. one, that one's a bit lucky that that one's been picked up, but uh, it was still the correct decision. I mean, that, but that's, that's what VAR's there for, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, we can get into a discussion about the nitpicky nature of it. But its job is to pick up the errors, and she was offside. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, I can understand but... why it wasn't given on the field, and I think under under non-VAR circumstances, we may have moaned about it, but we certainly could have understood why it wasn't given. But the way VAR is being used, I mean, we can have a discussion about, you know, clear and obvious error. I d- I'm not sure it matches for clear and obvious error, but on the basis that VAR, VAR seems to be used for anything and everything then at that point i can see why it was given yeah like i say i mean it's a, the correct decision i'm not bemoaning it by any stretch i yeah. just i just mean it's more and it's more lucky in the sense that well for example var have not been in any of our you know group game yeah. Uh, yeah. situation so you know in that regard for example we we wouldn't have, have got away with that. And, you know, as I say, no one was screaming out for it. It, was, it wasn't lucky yeah. in the sense that it was a right rather than wrong decision because it was obviously the right decision, but lucky, mm-hmm. I guess, in the, in the circumstance. Um, I suppose the luck is that VAR was employed for this game. That's what I mean, yeah. It? Yeah. Um, yeah. From there, moving forward, obviously, again, I just felt like we were going to kick on and, and, and do something in the yeah. game. And we just fell so deep in the end as, as things kind of continued, which, which again felt like a real shame. Um, yeah. We just didn't create anything. And I do think in passages, we kind of contained them quite well. It's not like they were peppering, mm-hmm. peppering the goal. They did have that spell of like four corners in a row where I had to leave the room. Um, but yeah. um, other than that, you know, I don't think they were kind of battering us. A couple of good blocks, you know, the header off the line. Now I'm actually saying these things are actually quite a lot. But, um, you know, <laughs> uh, 
I, I, I think that we were still, I think we were relatively comfortable to an extent, but just without doing anything. Mm-hmm. My main frustration before we start talking about their ball, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, highlight Angara James not because she was the only one just because I expect so much from her as a standard bearer in our team the amount of poor simple easy basic passes which went astray in that 120 minutes was mm-hmm. maddening to watch and like Gemma Evans would do it often the ball was you know she, she had time to bring down a ball um or head it to a teammate and instead she just headed it into an area and hoped for the best and same Kerry Holland did it a couple of times where a touch was off or she's tried to play a square pass when the one down the line was on or whatever and I think mm-hmm. yeah we, in the end whilst a concession of the late goal and whatever is frustrating I, I think the the, the our lack of ability to hang on to the ball was was so frustrating to watch and it just it, it just led to more and more pressure and more and more problems as the game kind of mm-hmm. built and I think that was the thing yeah. that frustrated me most yeah I mean ultimately we didn't create much did we yeah well we didn't and, create anything really and they they didn't create a great deal either but they certainly it was certainly that you know trying to be neutral about it the correct team won yeah. Um, we can, you know, I don't think we can argue that. I think I'm with you. I think James was, she was a little out of position relative to where she normally plays. She was sitting a bit deeper, wasn't she? And playing more as a partner to Ingle in a sort of obvious more holding pair in midfield um, as, a, as opposed to Ingle being sort of the point person for that on her own. And I've I can understand the reasoning, given the opposition. I think we would have been perhaps even more overrun if she hadn't had like that task. But I wonder whether it was um, just sort of new, new enough and out of, out of kilter for her enough that with everything else that was going on in the game, it just, it just sort of unsettled to the point where her passing was, was just you know, clearly off. Um, and I agree with you. I don't think she was the only one by any stretch of the imagination. But I might, I'm going to make the case that I think playing her in and not the most natural of position for her in such a crucial game might have been a factor within that. I mean, I appreciate what you're saying. That's very generous of you. I, I, I don't think <laughs> playing in a slightly or advanced or deeper role would affect or should affect someone's ability to play a, a five-yard no, pass No, I or agree, whatever. I agree. I don't think it should, but I wonder whether it was an, a contributor. Well, I'd, I, like to think, I'd like to think that, it, that we're a strong enough team that you can, you can make those nuanced changes and it won't affect us. Um, but I... <laughs> Oh, I don't know, Dave. I'm just so frustrated. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it as well. And you know, I think that's what's difficult. Like, I'm, I don't think I've explained this at all. But I mean, we are recording this within ten minutes of the match finishing, so you know, yeah. it's 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 very uh, emotive, I guess. I mean, the one thing I just said yeah. to you before we started recording, as he desperately tries to find a way to put off talking about the the, the winning goal, is is that I, I wonder I wonder if Gemma Granger might want this game back, and it, I mean, I I know in an obvious sense she does but I wonder if she might want back just how we approached especially the second half where we where we Mm -hmm. showed no attacking intent whatsoever really 
Um, and I just, yeah. what, I just, I, I was thinking back. Gwenan uh, Harris mentioned in the in the commentary talking about that Denmark game, and it was such a good example of where we drew the game one one, but we really took that game to Denmark. We really pl- played yeah. with high tempo, and I know it was a friendly and whatever, but we played with a high tempo. We were on the front foot. We really got at them, and we knew we were going to leave spaces in behind. We backed ourselves with the ball to do something about it, um, and. And it was good to watch. It was exciting and it was fun. And and the mentality that I think goes with playing in a way like that means you, you, you back yourself. You're confident, aren't you, with the mm-hmm. ball and you're, you're on the front foot. And I wonder if Gemma Granger might want that back in the sense that, I, you know, could we have been more adventurous? Could we have not committed loads of players forward, but just been a bit more on the front foot and got at them more? Because you saw, you know, even late into the game when we pressed their goalkeeper after... Kaylee Green's chance, I think it was, uh, later in the second half. You know, the goalkeeper kicked the ball out from a corner for a roll goal kick, basically, just for a bit yeah. of pressure. And, I'm, yeah. and I know that was a one-off example, but it does go to show that if you rattle them a bit, they are gettable. And I think, you know, maybe that was something, as I say, that we, we just, that switch in mindset over the last year, let's say, or especially in these games, mm-hmm. you look at the Slovenia game, the France games, and obviously it's France, so I get it. But... You know, I, I wonder if there might be an element of what ifs going on tonight in uh, in in Gemma Granger's head, apart from the obvious, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is. I I didn't like the the conservative nature of this. I think we we've kind of gone into these games, um, Gone, gone into this qualification on the basis that we want to play more on the front foot. We want to use our speed. We want to use our offensive talent. We want to, you know, push Fishlock a bit further forward. We don't want to play like we played against Norway um, at the end of the tournament. And I feel like we slipped down that slippery slope a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in full agreement. That Norway game, the second one especially, was the was is also a good mm-hmm. milestone in that sense. Less, I less, mean, that was ex- that was extreme, but I yeah. just I just feel like we've travelled that road a bit too much. Yeah, I, I I agree. Let's let's talk about the the obvious. I, it's you can see that the 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 Swiss game plan was kind of move us about a bit side to side and, and try and get in behind mm-hmm. us out wide, create an overload on one side and, and and try and benefit from that. Obviously, the plan is for Furiano Roberts to tuck in and the wide player to go with any yeah. overlaps that go over there. And, and both times that that got exposed. Unfortunately, I, I feel for Fionn Morgan as she's come on there because she had a great impact on the game. I felt, um, but yeah. there she's just that half a second too slow to react and there's. There's just too much space, and you know, I'm not. It's not. I'm not digging out Fionn Morgan here. She'll know what's happened. She doesn't need me to tell her. But it's just so late in the game, and it's just you. You can't make that mistake. And it, and, you know, it's horrible yeah. to say, but it's true. And you know, there's other factors there. The balls come in. It's a it's a lovely ball. There are three Wales players in and around the mm-hmm. near post, and the goalkeeper, the Swiss person's got there first. Yeah. Um. I, I, a few of my mates said the goalkeepers, you know, can't be beaten in a near post there. I, I, I've been critical of, of Laura Sullivan. I don't think you can put that on her, really. I think when the ball is 
pinged in that quick and it just takes one touch. It's, you could be in the perfect position <laughs> that can still bobble through your legs or through your eye. It's just impossible from that close range to, for the keeper, I think, to do much about it. You know, will she be happy that she's been beaten a near post? Obviously not. But I, I think it's a bit harsh to put that one on the keeper. It's just... Uh, to to have got so far into that game and done so well, it's just a real shame to yeah. concede. But like two very similar goals in effect, and and in in, the, in very similar ways, and and their game plan has has really worked mm -hmm. on us, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, they persevered. Um, as you say, they persevered with their game plan. Most of the time, they couldn't pull us out of position. They did it. They did it there, and they reaped the rewards. And and. I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm not. You can't pull out individual players on that. But I think collectively, when you've got that many defensive players on, you know, in the way of the cross, as it were, and you've got the goalkeeper, and I think I just think you should be doing better with it. Collectively, doing better with it. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously have had a go at getting back in the game afterwards immediately. I don't know why the ref let us. Yeah give us the free kick and then waited for everyone to get yeah, forward and then not take know, it that was stupid yeah. but maybe that was her revenge perhaps for our you know <laughs> in, in, incessant time wasting um i uh, uh it's just it was so hard. I, I do think it's important we we focus on some positives because regardless of what would have happened if we'd have won in other games and penalties and blah 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 yeah um you know we we've we this team has got further than any team on the women's side has ever got before. And I think that in and mm -hmm. of itself deserves credit, credit and praise. And I think to look at, you know, for example, when you and I started covering this, this Wales team, we, we were, we were talking about, you know, attendances of 5,000 being a great gate. And now there's 15,000 mm -hmm. people turning up that development in, you know, we've been doing this for four years or so that development in four years is, is, is incredible. Five. 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 I'm, I'm trying. I'm, five. Tr I'm trying to down. I'm trying to downplay it, Ruth. I'm, try, I'm trying to give us another year back. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's incredible, really. And I think that the moment, if you like, of Jess Fishlock scoring that goal will live long in the memory of people who were there, people watching. Fantastic bit of commentary mm -hmm. as well. The um, this could be a chance, Fishlock. Um, I, I, you know, that, that moment will live long and it's a wonderful goal and wonderful finish. So just because of the outcome of this game, I don't think that deserves to be forgotten either. No, I mean, I think there are, of course, an, an immeasurable number of positives um, from, from this campaign, from previous campaigns, from the way the game is developing, from the evolution of the connection between the team and their support, the, the inspiration that they're providing for not just girls back in Wales, but, but young, you know, young, youngsters more generally. I think there's an awful lot of praise warranted for the, for the collective here and I think what it's achieving. Um, I, you know, there was, I, I, think, I think it was mentioned that there were 6,000 at that game in Zurich today for a, you know, for a team that's been very successful and is on the cusp of going to the World Cup. And we had 15 at the CCS on Thursday. And I think that, that says something straight away about what 15,000 means. You know, it's significance. And, and I, I just... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still having trouble getting past the disappointment because it's, it's 
it's still raw. But I, I think there are a lot of good things to come out of this. And, you, you know, you, the, the crowd last Thursday is, is the, you know, that's the epitome of the good things that are coming out of this group of players and, and their love of the game and their love of playing for the country. And, you know, we can't, we can't, um, we can't ignore the significance of that because it is really, really important. Oh, massively, and you know, it's 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 there's more to come in that sense. You know, there's there's more yeah. questions to come, which is obviously today's not the day. But you know, the the careers of, of Fishlock, uh, Harding, uh, Ward, you know, mm-hmm. one even Laura O'Sullivan to an extent, you know, and maybe one or two others. I wonder if we're getting to the point where was this the, even their last? That's throw the dice in a whale shirt, full stop. So there's there's bigger questions to come from this as well, but. You're right. We need to focus on the positives and and the numbers and the support and the just the just the distance, I suppose, that this team um, has travelled in a mm-hmm. in a footballing sense, not a literal one, is, is is quite incredible. And to get to this second round of playoffs in this frankly bonkers tournament <laughs> setup is 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 still an achievement. And I know that won't feel like that to anyone out there tonight, but it certainly is. And we've come a long way. And there's you know, there's still more to come from this from this team. Whoever is still is still on the pitch for when the next uh, round of qualifiers for the Euro starts. So, you know, there's still more to come, and there's still more to look forward to. And I just hope it'd be so important, so big for us to get to a tournament. And that's so an obvious thing to say, but it would just be so big what it would do to to put Welsh women's football on that on that world or European stage. It would it would just be mm-hmm. colossal. Um, I think. Ruth, the time to do a full deep dive into this and uh, the circumstances is, is obviously not now. Um, mm-hmm. Before we move on to the to look at and, and discuss very uh, very quickly the draw uh, for the men's team ahead of Euro twenty twenty four, I just wondered if you if there was anyone through this campaign in particular or over these last two games you've you, who's really kind of caught your eye aside from the obvious who you just thought bloody hell. They, they've, they, you know, they've they've been fantastic for us through this campaign. I think Gemma Evans is about as solid as you can get there. Um, I think Rachel Rose had a good campaign. I think one of the main pluses of this campaign, I think, has been the emergence of people like Carrie Jones, Holland, Morgan, Woodham. You know their involvement. Um, it's great to see that. And I think I think you know there are, there's going to be some retirements before the the next Euros. We can we, we won't, don't want to explore that particularly at the minute, but there's, there's three years away. There's going to be some changes, and um, the the strength of the squad and the depth and the youth is encouraging. And I think that's a great sign that we can see those those that next generation of players coming through. And I think the campaign has been very valuable for that. Yeah, I would agree. I think the the Carrie Jones one is the is the one there really that's mm-hmm. that's obviously had a a huge positive impact. Um, yeah. Her pace and and everything that she offers us, um, I think, is so impressive and important. I, th- I I agree with you about Kerry Holland. I think she's been great. I think Rhiannon Roberts is someone who's really stuck out for me. I mm-hmm. I just you know they may she may always you know not necessarily be the most the, the headline grabber if you like. Um, but she's so consistent. She's you know she's an eight out of ten every single time we play. I I feel, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I just 
I'm, I'm just so constantly impressed by how good she is. I was going to say the same about Rachel Rowe as well. I think she's been super effective yeah. um, in this campaign. But yeah. I it, mean, that whole, that whole back four. I mean, yeah. Hayley Ladd had a great game today as well. I think that that back four is incredibly strong. And, you know, when you consider who, who we've got um, in reserves for those positions as well, it's, you know, it's a good place to be. Oh, it really is. It really is. And again, you know, I thought Fionn Morgan, who's come off the bench with a pace, is going to be mm-hmm. some for the future. I'm a big fan of Lily Woodham. I think she's got a great left foot and mm-hmm. is someone who can be impactful uh, in the future yeah. as well. So whatever happens, the future is definitely something to be positive about. And hopefully this next campaign will be, I feel like we keep saying it, but hopefully the next campaign will be the one. Um, speaking about campaigns starting... Um, Obviously, the draw for the men's team was done on Sunday. Uh, I don't know about uh, I don't know about you, Ruth, but um, there was uh, a lot of conversation about trip planning going on in my house uh, and uh, and calendar and whatever. So uh, that was interesting. Um, Wales have drawn Croatia from the top seed, uh, top pot. Sorry, Wales are the second seed. Armenia from the third pot. Turkey from the fourth, and Latvia from the fifth. Just in a in a in a brief overview, Ruth. Uh, how how happy were you with the draw? I think all in all, we've got to be reasonably com- reasonably comfortable and confident with that with that draw. I mean, I think Turkey are a difficult side to have taken from the fourth pot. They're they're a better side than than that. Um, but I think Armenia is probably as good as you could have hoped for from the from the third pot there's been some interesting combinations haven't there with this being based on nations league uh nations league finishes rather than actual rankings um of the of the top tier groups i mean i think you could we could definitely have worse than croatia i mean they're a they're a good side don't get me wrong they're in that top pot for a reason but i think there are stronger teams that we could have had from pot one um the travel is quite interesting we've got a lot of long journeys across those those four uh those four nations and, and some interesting trips, obviously. Uh, but I think, yeah, to answer your question, I think overall, I think we've got to be happy with that combination. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm happy with that. Obviously, you know, most people would have wanted Hungary from that top pot, but I'm happy with Croatia. Mm-hmm. They're strong side, but certainly on the aging side as well. Yeah. Um, so I think there's that. I mean, I did, I did hear in the, in the chat, they haven't lost a home qualifier uh, for the last 35 games or something mental or that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> those records are there to be broken, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I was happy enough with that. Armenia are ranked in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched them play Ukraine in the Nations League just out of interest. Um, and they were reminded me of the Georgia team we played in the 2018 qualifiers in that they definitely had some quality, but all they wanted to do was hit you on the break and, and hope they'd mm-hmm. take one of their chances. They left so many spaces in behind. Um, so yeah, I think they're definitely gettable. Turkey is the one team, ironically, I want to avoid in the whole draw just because I th- feel like they, you just don't know what you're going to get from a team like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they drew with Luxembourg last time out, I think in the nation's league and, and, you know, uh, they're just so unpredictable. They also, you know, qualified yeah. for the last Euros. So, yeah. you know, in a group that had the Dutch in it, I think. So, you know, that's mad. So you never know what you're going to get there. Latvia, obviously, we're hoping for six points home and away would be the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, are, there any, are there any trips tempting you to come over, Ruth? Um, I, I don't think, I, not for the qualifiers. I'm damn tempted by Germany in 24, I tell you. <laughs> well, we've got to get there first, Ruth. Panic, panic, calm down. We've all had a drink. Um, now there are some interesting trips. I think the schedule has been 
has worked out quite well for us. I like playing Croatia away as the first game. I think it's good just to get that one out of the way, as it were, and have Latvia at home afterwards. Because, if you know, if things went to form, and I'm not saying this is how it is, but let's say we don't win in Croatia, but we come back and we hopefully get three points about against the Latvians. And it, it would feel like things have started okay, if that makes sense. I yeah. think the order of the games is is kind of pretty good for us, actually. I like having Turkey at home at the end, you know, if that's going to be some sort of decider, I think that's, you know, it's, it's a good scenario in that sense. Um, there'll be some friendlies to slot in. Obviously, it's interesting that we've only got a game, a competitive game in September and a singles competitive game in October as well. Um, I think, I suppose it would be slightly better if those were spread out a bit more. But uh, overall, I think the schedule of games has, has worked out well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm going to try and do Croatia because that's on a Saturday. So how many times mm-hmm. does that happen? I'm going to try and do that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I looked into that immediately and the way that the flights work, it, it was just insane. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give that the old swerve. But um, I'm, I really fancy Turkey uh, and <laughs> we have, as a group, decided that we're definitely doing Latvia. So... Um, right. I'll, I'll look forward to that. Hopefully, we can get to three aways, but we will. Uh, we'll very much see. I, I think it's definitely a qualifiable group. I think for me, the big question mm-hmm. will be how how available, shall we say, Bailan and Ramsey are. Again, that's something we can explore in detail a little bit further down the line. I wonder if this might be the the phasing in and out uh, campaign, if you like, where those players mm-hmm. are on the periphery a bit more and and more presence and time is given to let's say Brennan Johnson or Kiefer Moore or Daniel James or mm-hmm. Harry Wilson or whoever I don't I don't know what you think yeah I mean I think we're going to be moving to sort of impactful substitutes potentially for for some of those players but I think um, that's a down the line discussion probably isn't it it is this is not exactly a light happy chat is it <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah I I uh yeah I I think that has there's it has potential to be you know tricky but you know as I say Turkey away mm-hmm. Armenia away is one of those places that yeah I can't imagine you're excited to get to but there you are um so yeah there's definitely kind of banana skins so to speak in yeah there. I mean we haven't we haven't done great about sort of the old communist block away trips yeah. generally speaking haven't we it's not been our forte and you know there's there's a couple of long journeys in that so we'll see we'll see. Well, let's let's hope for the best on that. I did want to mention before we start to wrap up that Harry Wilson uh, returned on the weekend, which was great after his long, relatively long uh, injury layoff. He got on for the last 10, 15 minutes or so as Fulham lost mm-hmm. 3-1, I think it was in the end, to West Ham. Um, so, yeah, good to see Harry Wilson back and, and, and back on the pitch as well. Yep, and Ben Davies was back for 90 minutes as well, which I yes, think he was. it's pretty crucial for us. Yeah. Um, um, in, so. in, in the other exciting news, Joe Rodden got sent off. Um, oh, I missed that. In, what in happened? <laughs> I, 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 I admit that I don't exactly know the details, but it popped up right. on my popped up on my uh, on my Twitter that uh, that he got sent off. Um, Aaron Ramsey also missed a game on the weekend, I think, with a, with slight discomfort in his thigh, mm-hmm. um, which is a slight concern, I suppose. But I think we're going to have a lot of these sort of niggles, if you like. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite happy if Aaron is slightly uncomfortable for the next four to five weeks <laughs> and then is somehow fine in guitar which yeah. you know wouldn't be an unusual scenario for him no I could, um, I could live with that so I'm trying not to I, I'm trying to kind of peg that 
as it is. Um, and, and even rather than having a game or two off mightn't be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly, that's uh, true. <laughs> Not the end of my world. Um, Ruth, yeah, Joe, Joe Allen seems to be the main concern, doesn't he? Really? Yeah, he seems to be very much in and out injury-wise. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully he's uh, he's fully fit uh, for Qatar. Um, Ruth, before we finish, I just wanted to ask you about <laughs> Portland. You went to see Gareth Bale play for uh, five minutes or so uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, I I knew. Yeah, there was that. There was actually so much. Um injury time added that he was probably on for about 15 minutes in total because <laughs> there was eight there was eight minutes of uh eight minutes of injury time but to be honest i would have settled for watching him doing the rondo before in the warm-up before the game that was that was enough for me i was like he's there there right there um so fun fun afternoon actually i mean i know um you know it's not it's not the canton stand on a on a international night but you know, 25,000 seater, full stadium, obviously very much a home crowd. There are a few LA United, uh, sorry, LAFC um, fans there, but the, um, but very little in a, in a crowd of over 25,000 and just, just a fun environment. You know what American sport is like. It's, it's, it's sort of, um, happy, friendly, excitable crowd. You know, it's it's that sort of easygoing nature, but it doesn't mean it's not a fun afternoon out. Um, knowledgeable, you know, in fairness, it's a they're, they're, you know, well-informed crowd that know their team well. Um, and a nice stadium as well. It's almost 100 years old. Um, and, and as, you know, it's been, in, it's, it's been a fixture in, in Portland obviously for a long time and is sort of nicely embedded into the neighborhood very close to town and, and just just a really nice afternoon out I have to be honest well yeah the video uh you you, you shared uh which I posted mm-hmm. on Twitter as well we looked, looked great little atmosphere going on as well yeah it looked a lot of fun. yeah that was that was just after at the in the end um LA one two one but that little I took a little video of the crowd celebrating after uh, the timbers had equalised, and it was yeah. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a nice little afternoon. I uh, I enjoyed. And you've been to you were you at the same time you were in Naples. I was yeah. I uh, that was that. <laughs> Do you know what Naples is a mental city. Um, it is <laughs> it is mad. Like one half of it is really nice. The other bit of it is like cool graffiti covered, and then everything by the harbour is just some sort of dumpster fire. It's a, it's a really it's a bonkers place. Um, oh mm-hmm. God! Sure, the dogs in, huh, mate? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy city, and it's a, a lot of fun. You know, it's it's a million miles an hour. We got a, we got a taxi uh, back to our Airbnb one night, and the the taxi driver drove around Naples for twenty five minutes at three hundred miles an hour. I, I I feel like there were at least <laughs> there were at least ten cyclists killed um, just just from our journey. It was mad, but great. And if anyone is interested in going to the now called uh, Diego Armando Maradona Stadium, I would highly recommend it. It was unbelievable. The You could hear, we got off the train near the ground and started walking up to the stadium and you could hear the stadium for maybe half a mile away. Um, it was mad mm-hmm. and uh, got into the ground, had good little seats on the corner, great atmosphere, singing all the way through. Napoli won 3-1, I think, in there, 3-1 or 4-1. Um, and as we got out of the ground afterwards, we walked uh, away from the stadium 
and got to the train station again and they were letting like four people in at a time. It was mad. So we were just like, right, we'll go around the corner and go and get something to, to eat and, and have a beer and we'll come back in a bit. And went around the corner and there was this cracking little sl- pe- place doing slices, like massive chunks of sliced pizza. A couple of beers. Mm-hmm. They had the Premier League on the TV. So we watched that for a bit, wandered down the road. and We found this bar that we, it was like um, doing wine for three euros. So we were just like, oh, well, rude not to on a, on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> And I and I shit you not. He basically poured us three pints of wine, and uh, <laughs> we were sat outside on the street having our pints of wine. And uh, all of a sudden, from absolutely nowhere, like thunder and lightning, colossal, colossal downpour. So we were like, "Oh bloody hell!" Hopped in the bar and uh, finished our drinks, and it was still pouring down. So we thought, "Oh well, we may as well have another pint of wine." And uh, stepped up to go on the train back into town for our for our proper dinner. And that walk, which took us five minutes before, took us about 15 minutes afterwards. Because those two, those two pints of wine really smacked us in the chops, i got to be honest. But just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic day out. And I would recommend if anyone is, uh, is um and ah about whether they should go to watch Napoli play, I would 100% recommend it. It was uh, a fantastic day out. That's good to hear. Because you hear, you hear mixed things about Naples. Um, so... I suppose perhaps if you're a traveling, like a properly traveling away fan, that's, you know, maybe it's a different kettle of fish, but there's a, a sort of neutral, more touristy trip. Perhaps it's uh, a different different experience. Yeah, 100%. I, I would not say at yeah. any point I felt, you know, scared or intimidated whatsoever at the mm-hmm. football ground. Um, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, I, I'm sure you're right. If you are a... I don't know, Liverpool fan, let's say. I'm just using them because they played them recently. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a Liverpool fan and you're walking around the city throwing chairs at people, then, uh, you know, you're obviously going to be met with a very different <laughs> reaction to the three of us who just wanted to drink pints of wine. So, yeah, very much a mixed bag. But like, I would definitely recommend it. It's not a holiday destination, I wouldn't say. It's quite a strange city, mm-hmm. as, I, as I said. But um, loads of fun, loads of fun. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I went. Here we are, Ruth. Look, we said we were going to do a quick half an hour after the match, and we're we're not far off forty-five minutes. So, um, let's let's wrap up uh, what has been a disappointing evening, uh, and, uh, and and call it quits there. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add, I just wanted to say thank you to the girls for the journey because it's you know it's still better than the alternative. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, yeah, I would echo that. You know, thank you to everyone involved. It's been a, it's been a great, it's been a great journey, a great experience, I suppose. And you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be losing these games than than not involved in them at all. So I suppose that's yeah. the that's the way to look at it. So, hopefully, as we look again now onto the next one, onto the Euros, hopefully this will be the one which will uh, will finally see us get there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we are on that happy note. <laughs> Thank you for Time listening. Time for a beer, I think. <laughs> they send. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to go to bed. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon. Good night. Bye-bye.